All right, my name is Aaron Rhodes, and you are listening to the Shuttlecock Podcast. We are sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, offering new and used vinyl at 76 and Truce in Kansas City, Missouri. This week on the show, we have Stick Figure. What's up? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about good. you? Hey, I'm making it, bro. Every day, that's the plan. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah, so last... Wait, okay. Remind me, what year did Central Standard Time come out? That, so that came out last year officially. If it's been a year, uh, January. Awesome. January 2017. Yeah, so your most recent LP, Central Standard Time, came yeah. out on Mellow Music Group. Right. A pretty well-known indie hip-hop label. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that's a fair statement. Mm. Uh-huh. And that was your second release you put out through Mellow Music Group. Yes, sir. Because you had uh, previously um, The City Under the City with that's right. Orange. Uh-huh. Jack- Look at this Jack- research no, that he yeah, did. I, okay. That's, that's basic stuff. Okay. But uh, <laughs> man, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, like, the deep cuts. That's... Right. I, I would, maybe we'll have to do a part two where I, I yeah. bring up all that stuff. But I'm into that. Hey, if I could get two trips here, I'd be oh, feeling well, great. I'd be I would, feeling good It would be that. an honor to have you twice. Oh, I mean, man. I don't... Mm. That means a lot, bro. <laughs> Thank you for having me once. Oh yeah, at this but, point. But um, yeah, I was just kind of curious. I guess we could start with like how you got acquainted first with the Mellow Music Group people. Oh okay, because, yeah. Like I, I, I imagine that's not like the easiest like people to get in touch with, yeah. just because you know they've put out like a lot of really notable stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it began on MySpace that far back, uh, back in two thousand and nine. When I was working with uh, an artist from here, Miles Bonney, uh, he was a part of a duo called Sounds Good at the time. And I want to say he was finishing college at KU, and we began working on music. And the music that we were working on ended up on his MySpace page. And a notable artist from Washington, D.C., Odyssey, was a fan of Miles Bonney's music. And it heard about me. And I guess at that time, he was just kind of looking for artists to work with outside of his ordinary, you know, East Coast realm. And he found out I was from Topeka and he thought that was like interesting that I was making that kind of music and being from Topeka. So he reached out to me and was like, hey, do you want to work on a project together? And full disclosure to keep it all the way clean, I didn't know much about him i just knew the name so i didn't really know his music but when i started researching him i was like oh this is like a real guy like tours you know uh it's notable it's respected um and i remember telling a good friend of mine sean minor about it he was like dude you have to do that like you have to reach out to that guy and and follow up so i followed up with him and we went and we recorded a ep that came out called from the top uh, where he did all the production and recorded it, mixed it and everything. I wrote the rhymes to all the beats. And he was in the early stages of becoming in a relationship with Mellow Music Group. So I kind of just ended up in the Mellow Music Group conversation by proxy mm. since Odyssey was such a large figure over there. You know, he was like their main artist at the time. Yeah. I believe it was him and Apollo Brown were the main producers at that label. So as a result, um, they, put, they put out on the top song of one of their compilation albums. They put on two of their compilations. There's like a mixtape and a compilation album. And I asked them, I just kind of asked them, like, what do you think, what do you think of 
uh, re-release. I had a local release at the time called Stick Figure as himself. It was just like all the way local. And I was like, what do you think about re-releasing this? And then maybe we can do some business in the future. And they were interested in it. And uh, yeah, since then, I've put out records with them since I think we put out as himself in 2012 mm. as a re-release. And then that following year, we did the City Under the City and now Central Standard Time. Mm. So that's, that's kind of the long story of how me and Mellow Music Group just kind of ended up kind of working in tandem. But what what year was it that you put out the release with Odyssey? That uh, that was 2010. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been, been like it's, it's, it's been a while, like a decade long kind of yeah, kind of a there. back and forth that that we've had. And you know, in the meantime, I, I still just continued to make records, whether they were coming out on Mellow Music Group or not. Um, yeah, because it was a, a three year gap between yeah um, your two most recent Mellow releases. Right. What like do they? I don't know. Did they not really offer you like that quick of a follow up? Or it was. I, I mean, there went? were like very specific goals that the label has that might not meet with my artistic ideas. Mm. So when I'm working with Denzel with D Will or he go by Conductor Williams now, mm. my fault D. Um, when we're working on records, you know, I'll present them with those records, and they might say, you know, this is this isn't for mellow. Mm. So I end up putting that stuff out on my own And you know That's how you Because I don't Stop putting out records Just because They're not interested in yeah. one You know So I just try to just keep working Keep writing mm. And keep creating And You know It may not reach the same audience That the mellow music audience Is But I still get to satisfy Whoever's interested mm. In hearing music from me You so know Does that mean that Like I'm I'm guessing now that, like, mm-hmm. did the songs from Central Standard Time kind of accumulate over time because it was just, like, stuff yeah. that did get approved by the label and it's interesting stuff that didn't, that you put out? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Actually, with Central Standard Time, it was, like, uh, the boss over there at Mellow hit me up and was like, you know, how do you feel? I got an idea for a record. Mm-hmm. And... Here are some producers we could work with, and this is how we could put this all together. And we just kind of collaborated in that way, you know, just kind of like curating who's going to be on the record, who's going to produce the record, who would sound good on this record, and just trying to create a centralized theme, no pun intended, for what we were shooting for mm. um, with Central Standard Time. So I hadn't, I actually hadn't been working on music except for with Denzel at that time. Mm. Um, dang, D-, D. Will. I don't know how cool I'm supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, kick it. But yeah, me and D, uh, we're still making records, and that just kind of he just kind of hit me up and was like, "Yo, I have this idea, uh, do for Mellows. I have this idea for a record. Would you be interested?" And I just said, "Yeah, you know." And we end up putting it together, and I just kind of put my, you know, uh, what do you call that? My uh conceptual hat on in order to make something that would probably sound like a compilation without that sort of direction yeah and um put that out and make it something mm-hmm. worth hearing you know no yeah and you're you're talking about the the concept of the album and mm-hmm. uh, i know that the city under the city was an album that had like a really strong concept too and yeah i guess to a certain extent both of them revolve around like 
a geographical thing. Right. Like, so yeah. what, what, what kind of different concepts are on each of those records, would you say? Like, how, how did yeah. your, like, ideas shift between those? Well, I think with City Under the City, LaRange is someone who's narrative-driven. So the narrative was about a person who knows the city so well and knows the facade of the city and its underbelly, mm-hmm. you know, and um, what that can mean to people who navigate it. Um, with Central Standard Time, it's more specific for me where that had like a wide narrative, just kind of like like any generic uh, crime novel, I guess you could say. Mm. Central Standard Time was more, all right, well, the idea is I'm a guy from this town and here's some information about this place um, and how it's affected me personally as as a resident and a citizen. Yeah. So it's a little more personal. Um, so it's more of a than personal than like narrative-driven. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just kind of more... Or may, uh, anecdotal might be a better word. Mm-hmm. You know, it might it's more anecdotal as a... From a writer's perspective yeah. and then from a sound perspective, it was just more of... It features more of my actual influences mm-hmm. Um since they cover kind of a wide, they cast, it casts a wide net. Like as much as I'm into like boom bap underground hip hop, like Elzai, um, being in the Midwest with our relationship with the Bay Area music, you know, it still has like a rapid photos feature on it because mm. both of these things represent this area. So the hodgepodge that is being in Central Standard Time is kind of what I was going for and how it relates to me directly, mm. you know. So. so on Under the City, though, like, do you, did you kind of feel that you were, like, crafting a character to an extent? Since to an was, extent, yeah. yeah, because LaRange kind of had the, he had the narrative already. He was like, this is the narrative. So you're this character. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of writing from the perspective of, like, an archetype for the story. where Whereas uh, Central Standard Time was, like, literally just me and my stories. Mm-hmm. Um and what I like to hear from a hip hop record more than anything. Mm-hmm. So, and um, I'm guessing like well, both of the the albums. Well, you you had that album, and then you have Central Standard Time, and mm-hmm. both of them include work from like these very like, um, you know, well known indie hip hop artists like and producers. So like you had like Rhapsody on there. You yeah, shout out to Rhapsody with like Black Milk and Elzai. So like, was yeah. there like um, did you have like any of those connections before you kind of teamed up with Mellow? And nah. like, was there any that like really like threw you off? Like, oh, I get to work with this person now. Like, that's... I mean, for me, is uh, eye was probably the biggest, mm. the biggest like surprise because not only is like Elzai is like one of my favorite rappers from from the standpoint of like you know technician standpoint, like from like someone I studied, somebody I. I look at it and I'm like, wow, like you know, like their their acumen is one that I respect. And then then I got to actually like talk to Elzai on the phone. He was super down to earth, super cool, and he had already heard of me. So that was kind of crazy too. Like it was like, oh, okay, so I'm not I'm not completely um, in obscurity here, you know. Like these are my peers. You know, this is a peer group thing now. Like, whereas I'm, I'm always like looking up to somebody. It's more of like, nah. It's like we're all kind of in this together. You know, um, as artists. 
So yeah, Elzai was someone, but that that was definitely a connection made from a relationship that I had with Quelle Chris, who had a relationship with the label. So, um, or like Homeboy Sandman, um, you know, label relationship. And uh, LaRange had a relationship with Rhapsody. They're both from North Carolina. Mm. So, and that's like right before she got the Grammy nod and all of that, which is crazy. Yeah, like, you got in on a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of wild. Like, you know, so I'm, I'm super proud of her, like, in her success because, you know, she didn't have to do that for me. She didn't have to do that. Like, she probably knew what she was, she was on her way to doing, but she gave me a really, really dope verse. And, um, I'm thankful for that, you know. But yeah, it's it's all about like it's just all about respecting people's time, um, respecting what they bring to your project, and respecting your pro- respecting yourself, respecting your project at the same time. Like you know, putting care into what what you're about to present, and making sure that everybody who's on board understands that. So yeah, I'm I'm grateful for everyone who contributed. To what ended up being the final, the final record, mm. in that case, and um, one of the songs on that album also, uh, "Cold." I think that's yeah, always it seemed to be a new favorite out here. Yeah, no, yeah, and when it's I play like, it, it live. yeah, yeah, it's, I was going to mention it's like a really fun live song too. Yeah, because you get kind of like the call and response, like the A on like a bunch of the parts. Yeah, yeah, that was like an experiment for me because. Like, all those parts shouldn't work the way they do, but they end up working. Like, LaRange is considered, like, a quote-unquote boom-bap producer, but he gives me this beat that's in this time signature that reminds you kind of, of uh, you know, the flows that are happening now, you know, in trap music. And then, so when I heard it, I was like, all right, so I could legit rap to it, like in that flow, like in the current, like you know, Migos, like da 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 won't like the way that I I went about this, yeah. and I looked at some of the comments when I put the, when the video came out. Mm. Some of them, there was like two or three where people were like, "Oh man, this is some old dude trying to sound current or whatever." But for the most part, it's all been positive response to that record because it's like I always try to. I, t- I told Larange this. I was like, I write from the perspective of I might have to perform this at some point because he doesn't like as far as like him as a producer. He doesn't approach. He's told me like I don't approach things, even thinking about a live setting. But since I'm like always performing, I'm always writing from the perspective of like, all right, if I got to perform this live, a will I be able to even do it? B will it even be fun to do? You know, and 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 will the audience receive it that way? So when I did the cold record, I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be something that stands out amongst the rest of these records. You know. But have you so. had anyone upset about the Lil Uzi line yet? <laughs> like that comes to you or like commented on anything? So this is the thing. Uh, the Uzi bar, it was some hater shit. I'll just be honest. It was some hater shit because uh, I've come around on Uzi. Yeah. I think I think the sentiment about the Uzi bar was more that like, 
Like he's not a rapper per se. And I kind of, I think in that moment I had some frustration about the idea that like he's being called a rapper and I've like spent all this time learning how to be a good rapper. You know what I'm saying? So, but, but I've come around to Uzi. I'm still going to continue to kick that rhyme, but, uh, I mean, I could care less. I don't think I'm not worried about it, but, but I've come around to him. It's more in jest at this point, Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, uh, it always gets us the same response to anytime I kick it. It's like, Oh, Oh, shit. I think it's just the name check, though. Front row, like, oh. Oh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. (laughs) Yes, I did. I did. Well, yeah. um, Shout out to Uzi, man. Uzi's tight. I just, I'm just not going to call him a a rapper, though. Like, you know what I mean? In the traditional sense, you know, yeah, that's exactly it. In the traditional sense, he's not a rap artist, you know. Are there, like, yeah, so what, what moment? Did you kind of feel like your feelings on him started to evolve? Um, when when I actually sat with, because I probably wrote that before um, XO Tour Life blew up. Mm. And up until that point, I just didn't get it. That's why I was hating. I was like, I don't understand. Like, he's like a Pokemon character. Like, is that his thing? Like, his, like is he just, like, into anime and and does you know melodic stuff sometimes like because all of them just kind of seem to come from the Lil Wayne tree for me like like Lil Wayne lollipop tree like that tree and I just didn't understand it but the EXO tour life record just seemed more substantive to me like just as a song like as the song as the song writer from a songwriting perspective is really great and what he's saying in it is interesting, you know, um, and that's why it's a really big record. Mm. Um, so I kind of came around, you know, uh, but, but he was it was weird because I don't have I don't feel that way about the Migos. Like, even though like, I'm a traditional rapper, um, I like the Migos a lot. Yeah, like, I get that. For you to, yeah. I get that. Like, that makes all the sense in the world to me. Migos makes sense. Uh, who else? Punk, um, I don't, I don't really get the Takashi thing. Sound wise, I get it, but the way he's going about promoting his music, I'm not into. Um, but like a lot of the new stuff, even though, like I said, I'm, I come from more of a traditional vein. I don't have an actual problem with any of the music. Mm. I think it's dope, most yeah. of it. No, yeah, and you I know. think like just meeting like people who are like, like really like. They like you know self proclaimed like hip hop nerds like yeah, people yeah. you meet in high school and like, right. and, like Reddit and stuff right like they they always have like I feel like this like false dichotomy of like yeah. what is and isn't hip hop right and, like as soon as you realize that like there's abstract forms and like pop forms of every art of every that, genre like, you, you're gonna get over it and I feel like it's always yeah. the artists that realize that first like. I'm sure, like, J. Cole has no problem with, like, Lil Pump or whatever. Right. So, like, as soon as J. Cole's fans realize that. <laughs> then, like, yeah, then the rest of us can move, everyone can move on. Yeah. Because I think it's, like, a thing of, um, it's a thing of, like, legacy. Like, people feel like leg- uh, a legacy is being attacked or a tradition is being attacked. Yeah. Um, and some people can't see the evolution of something. But for me, since I'm someone who, like, really like being 
mostly down south for a large period of my life. Like I know what it was like when down south artists weren't getting res- the respect of the real hip hop community. Like Project Pat is one of my favorite rappers mm-hmm. to ever live. And I remember when Project Pat was first rising to prominence in the early 2000s, how many real hip hop people were like, he's trash. That's trash. That's not hip hop. That's You know what I mean? It's like, why? Because he got an accent. You know what I mean? Why? Because he got gold teeth. Like that's, back then, that was the face tattoo. Like, you know what I mean? It was like being from, being from Memphis or Alabama or somewhere like that. Like that was the same as having like, yeah, like a face tattoo mm-hmm. or rapping about Xanax or whatever. So... So that's I just think people get combative about about the the likelihood of of a tradition just being thrown away, yeah. you know. And you know, everyone's got a right to that opinion too. I think I think it's just if people can learn to find out where these things converge, where they meet, then everyone would be cool. Yeah, you know, like you said about J Cole, like I can't, like I'm not online enough. But when I got online and I found out everyone hated J. Cole, I was confused. I didn't know. Like, not that I think J. Cole is like, I don't think like he's, like both sides of that argument confused the shit out of me. Like, you got people like, you have to have a certain level of understanding to like J. Like, no, you don't. It's it's pretty regular, traditional rap music. And on the other end, it's like, J. Cole is so boring. And it's like, is he? Like, I just feel like maybe online is just a place of hyperbole where, like, you just can't really get a feel for what's really happening because J. Cole does stadium tours. So somebody's lying. But that's what I, that's what I think. Of. Like someone's telling either the journalists are lying or the hype beast online are lying. Somebody's lying because he's doing hella shows. Mm. Um, and I'm sure, like, he's quite the millionaire. You, you know what I'm saying? Um but I also understand that the little pumps of the world um, don't want to feel like whatever they're doing has to be diminished because yeah. something that harkens back to the past makes them that makes it like obsolete, quote unquote, or not respectable. So no, yeah, there's plenty of just fights over elitism, and they don't want to get the when everyone's being the, elitist. Yeah, like that's <laughs> like everyone involved is being elitist to a certain extent. So. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. So, um, I your your most recent EP is called uh, "The Local Rapper." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, go get that. I don't think anyone heard it, but no, you, yeah, but that's, that's on, tight. It's on your Bandcamp right now. Yeah, yeah, it's on my Bandcamp and it's on all you know ordinary streaming services mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. But um, one uh, rapper, like one featured on that. That I was really like surprised by, like I I just didn't know about though was Straight Jacket. Oh yeah, tell me about him. Straight Jacket. Oh man. Well, see the thing about Straight Jacket is he's like literally my OG, like in the most direct sense. Like uh, Straight Jacket was in a group in Topeka, one of the first rap groups. To I don't want to say one of the first. Well, groups is fair to say. Like straight Devious Minds He was in a group Called Devious Minds Um, And in like The mid 90s Early 2000s They were like A They were like Wu-Tang-esque Like up until that point All of the rap Coming from Topeka on a local level Was like All definitely like Gangster Bay Area Influenced rap music Yeah like Evil Oak And you had um, 
everybody under him that was making like the street stuff. And Devious Minds was like they were street, but they were like on some old school hip hop stuff. And uh Straight Jacket particularly is from my neighborhood. Like him and another dude named Killer the Hun are from my neighborhood. So when their tape went out, they they were working on a tape, it was called Million Dollar Broke Niggas. And that tape circulated the city and I got a hold of it and someone told me, like, you know, you know straight is from he's from over here, you know, on the west side or central Topeka. And um I was like, For real? Like rapping like that? Like I just couldn't believe you could rap like that locally mm. and get attention, you know. So they like they were kinda like the vanguard locally, like they were in the pitch for us, which was a big deal. You know, being from Topeka is like Definitely some redhead stepchild stuff when it comes to I seventy corridor. Yeah. I, I think like, you're you know my I mean? first Topeka guest, actually. Yeah, see that? You see what I'm talking about? But so. I'm always just worried about asking people because it's such because it's like an hour drive. I'm like, I, yeah, do people want to come out for this. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's but fair. When you asked me, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely wanted to because because I think Stu and I both have like that relationship with Kansas City where you know there's not a lot of clubs in Topeka that are gonna let you perform rap. Especially in the '90s, because the fear was there that someone's gonna get shot or stabbed. So uh, we were definitely frequently frequenting Lawrence in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and we had that in common. So we developed a friendship uh, online because he's you know he's older than me, but we developed a friendship online when I was coming up as a Topeka guy, going to these Lawrence shows, going to these Kansas City shows when that wasn't happening very often. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's just always been, like, very supportive of what I'm doing and showed me a lot of love. So when I did that particular record, I was like, yo, I got to do a record for my section of the city. He's the only one that comes to mind because he's the only one that, you know, has just been in my corner in that way. And I've been in his in the same way. Like, he's an older, older, revered artist, you know. And I'm I'm just real big on, and when I called it Local Rapper, like the idea of the title was like when you say local rapper that usually comes with like like people kind of looking like at that as, as a stigma like uh you know he's just a local he's just a local rapper like which and it's like like really think of it though like especially now <clears throat> like we're ambassadors for these places like I was reading about Lil Skies Los Guys is from like rural Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? Like he's carrying Harrisburg, Pennsylvania on him. Like, you know what I mean? He's telling people that's where he's from and then it tells people that that's where talent's from. So to to look down on your local rappers is kind of like backwards like because your local rapper or artist of any kind is like an ambassador for your city wherever they go, you know? So I kind of was like, I want to try to take that that phraseology, you know, and and make it a positive thing. Like, yeah, I'm I'm your local rapper, just like your local, like your city councilman, or your your uh, you know, what's the guy called the uh, whatever, like a liaison mm-hmm. of sorts, you know, because that's kind of how I've operated in this region, you know, for the last ten years. Is like I'm kind of like. Someone knows me 
from the music. Yeah. Like when me and Ron Ron from here in Kansas City, like he from fifty he from fifty first street on some gangster shit. And like I'm on some backpack shit. But we came together on some music and now I'm like great friends with a bunch of people from that neighborhood, you know, or um people come to Topeka and they're like looking for me. Or they're like, hey, ask Stick if he can talk to this person and that person. Like that stuff's important. We're creating connections with people. Or like G Watts. Like me and G Watts are pretty cool, pretty tight. And that's all through the music, you know. So, you know, don't just don't shit on the word local, because you local too if you're from a place. Everyone's from a place. Yeah. You know? So that's that's what the idea was for that project. Mm. And um but okay, so you mm-hmm. you know, you, you do you rap a lot about Topeka and being from mm-hmm. the Midwest and everything, but mm-hmm. you did grow up in Memphis. Yeah, yeah, partially. Yeah. Yeah, when when were you living there? Um well my family is actually from they're from rural Arkansas. Mm. So when I was a child, um I was born in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and Pops was in the military. So uh when he went back to Arkansas, I was there for a little bit and then we just kinda bounced back and forth between that part of the country. Uh then when dad got out of the military, he was in station in Junction City. So he quits the military. We're in Junction City. He's like, oh, I don't know. We're going to go back down south or we're going to stay here in Kansas. And then ended up staying in Kansas. But um, when I got out of high school, went right back. Mm-hmm. So, and then I said, funny, funny enough, I joke with my friends in Topeka a lot about this. Is like, uh, I didn't really start pursuing music as hard as I was until I was in Memphis. Like, that's where I started, like, cutting my teeth, really, was playing events in Memphis, playing, going to battles in Memphis, you know. That's where I really, really got the, uh, where I got the uh, the gumption, you know, the, the, the resilience to pursue it. But I ended up coming back home. So... Topeka is 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 the part that I can't shake, you know. How long has it been since you've battled? (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious. I I haven't seen any. Yo, I battled. Shout out to Info Gates. I battled Info Gates in a pitch battle that they had. I want to say maybe it wasn't. It wasn't the pitch. It was called. uh, What was the name of that battle? Versus. I think it was called Versus. Mm. At the old record bar building, and uh, I battled me and me and Info Gates were in the finals, and I lost. Mm. I lost to Info that Gates. That was uh, that might have been twenty ten. Mm. I lost that one. Thinking about not taking a comeback soon. <laughs> I really want to battle rap yeah. though. I do get the itch because that's that's all I ever used to do before I even like put pen to paper and tried to write songs. Mm. All I used to do is just write raps to battle people. So sometimes I watch Smack it. URL and uh, KLTD and all that stuff, and I'm like, and I got a good friend that works behind the scenes in you on URL, so yes, I'm always it like, it could happen. <laughs> Get nervous because it could happen. Shout out to Abnorm though, you know Abnorm, he's battling a lot, so and he's dope. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, yeah, I think about it. I'll yeah. think about it from time to time. But no, yeah, I brought up Memphis though because I kind of was curious too that um, 
like, have you ever, like, kind of tried to, like, channel any of that stuff? I mean, or, like, mm-hmm. does it, do you find, like, traces of, like, Memphis hip-hop a lot in your, like, own style? Oh, yeah. Stuff? Like, anytime, anytime you hear me, like, like, what they call twisting here, or what they call chopping here, we always call twisting down south. Mm-hmm. So, like... When tech is like a stamina, like we call that twisting down south. So it used to be like anytime I'm like, and doesn't Zucka disturb my Like all that comes from Memphis. All of that comes from Three Six Mafia, like Lower Infamous, like all of that. That particular style of flow or the one that I do at the intro of my shows, like where I'm like live in the middle with the ghetto with the street with the good cocaine key, metal with the heap, that dang it, like all of that is Memphis shit. I didn't learn that here, but it was weird because when I got here, everybody was telling me about Tech Nine, and I was listening to him. Like, we do that, we do that at the crib. You know what I mean? I mean, his is at a, like a like a higher proficiency, but you know, stylistically. uh yeah, I'm always trying to interject interject that into what I do. Mm. It's just part of the DNA of how I, I learned how to rap. And mm-hmm. another aspect of your local rapper uh-huh. thing is well you and I think historically though, you've always dropped references to uh Jewel Av or J Lock. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so what like what makes you identify so hard with, with the J like Block up on that street? Yeah, the J Block well, when it comes to Topeka, I've lived nowhere else. Mm. Um, it's a small town, but it's still like divided. Like it's a town of neighborhoods. Mm. So if you're in Topeka, people know what neighborhoods mean what and where you stay. Like it all comes with all these signifiers. So for me, I always felt like when when I was doing rap, with the exception of Stu that I mentioned earlier, the guys from my side of town didn't get a lot of conversation. So I was just kind of like, man, Jewel Ave, that's where, like, I met all my homeboys, like, all my all my friends that are still my friends to the day. Like, uh, Martin Dance Hillard from, from Ebony Tusk, he from the J Block. Like, he was, like, my one of my first friends when I moved to Topeka, and he stayed on 10th and Jewel, you know. Um, and then all my other homies, like, you know, Brian Peters. I mean, you don't know these people. And then, like, I talk about Taiwan, like the song um, Holding Back Tears. That's about my homeboy Taiwan, who was killed. He's from 11th of Jewel. You know what I'm saying? So, like, all my close, uh, familial, you know, brother-like relationships and, um, you know, my adolescence, like, it's all Jewel Avenue. It's all the people that show me about, about life, like, good, bad, and indifferent, you know? So... Yeah, yeah. So shout out to the J Block, Central Topeka, West Central Topeka, all day long. But you mentioned that like uh-huh. like all these different parts of town have different connotations yeah. and stuff. What what yeah. kind of comes with a jewel when you're like, a jewel one? There? Uh, the jewel the jewel Ave is probably like they probably think it's weird because like the way Topeka works, at least from like the blacks' perspective, is like the ghetto is the east side. Um, and the and the east side inc- includes the south side, but Central Topeka kind of exists as a uh, a mixed community. So you got 
like project apartments and aband- abandoned buildings, and you also got like middle class and lower middle class communities. Mm. So, but in the central, it's kind of like it's kind of like it's a sad thing of like trying to prove that it's not soft all the time. You know what I mean? So it's like so there. That's where the violence comes from, where it's like trying to prove to the rest of town that it's not soft. Mm. So that's what I would say comes with the Jewel Avenue thing, and that's probably even musically why I carry carry it because it's like, yo, like one of the best rappers is gonna come from the Central. Yeah, I ain't gonna be able to do nothing about it. I mean, you know, playfully. Mm. Um, but that's kind of what that represents. Like, there's a lot of talent, and a lot of a lot of my good friends come from over there. But you know, it's like, it's like you know, I, I, it's got check cashing. Uh, uh, abandoned supermarkets, gas stations, and not much else. You know, so it's just it's just a civic. I felt it was my civic duty as a rapper to, and also just not to lie, mm. like to try to try to create an understanding of like exactly just all the way telling the truth. You know, I think you know hip hop comes from that. That perspective of um, of authenticity, and I just didn't want to make nothing up. Like sometimes I don't even have like that's another thing. Like I always envy rappers like uh, MF Doom because he has such an imagination, or um, Delta Funky Homo Sapien. You know, guys like that who like create worlds or whatever. It's like I've never had that much. Uh, imagination when it comes to my writing I just always write from a perspective of like this is like literally what happened like this is actually what happened and already being from a place like Topeka is like who's gonna who's gonna tell the story you know what I mean like of of my dead homies or or my friends that are incarcerated and locked up like who's gonna tell the story no one cares like that but me because I know these people and I grew up with them mm. you know and I care about them so I'm gonna write about them you know so that's just kinda that's kinda what that's all about yeah. you know when I put Jewel Ave on things it's like yeah that's me you know that's where that's where it all started and um, another thing I wanted to ask you about was yeah. recently you've been making a lot of YouTube videos <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah no yeah you've been doing like kind of album reviews and like uh-huh. kind of roundups of like stuff you've been listening to yeah and all that. So, um, and I think just first of all, it's just kind of admirable for you to be doing that because, you know, a lot of people, as they grow up, they Mm -hmm. kind of choose to tune out like all this new music and stuff that doesn't fit their kind of traditional sense of the genre. So I, I, I think it's just cool in general that you're giving that a shot, but what, what inspired you to do that in the first place? Man, I just, I listen to a lot of rap. Like I just really love it. I just really love rap music. I really love hip hop music. I love the culture of it all. Um, I always have been obsessive about it. And I didn't even think about uh sharing my opinion like that until I think I was watching um who was it? It might have been Joe Budden. Or it might have been Anthony Fantano. But either one of them, I just didn't agree with what they what they were talking about. Mm. Like from both ends of the spectrum. Like I didn't agree with Joe Budden just for being so rigid. And sometimes I think Anthony Fantano misses the point of a lot of rap records. You know, like I don't think he comes from a perspective of like 
I mean, I could be wrong, but I just it feels like since he has more of like a he kind of has more of a, he has a rock, rock ear. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I even tweeted that is like sometimes you can't listen to rap records from the perspective, especially of an old rock critic, you know, rock critic who like um, was listening to like Morrissey and uh, Radiohead and, you know, what makes a rapper tick is different in a lot of regards, whether it's from from its in, his influences or, you know, environment. So I just kind of was like, man, let me take a crack at just share my opinion because all that's all anyone's doing online anyway is either sharing opinion or trying to sell something. So I was like, well, maybe I can figure out a way that I can sell my opinion, and I'll just start sharing sharing what I think. I just like having fun with it. Like that's really the main thing is just that I don't ever want to get like bored with it because then I just won't do it mm. at all. Like I won't do, I won't do nothing. Like I won't write a rap. I won't. So it just keeps me inspired and. And getting feedback from people And you know it's cool Like I, I was out somewhere at the grocery store And someone was like Stick I seen your little video man It jumped funny I was like yeah you fuck with it Like yeah 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 it was cool So that's what I do it for Just just to engage people And you know just have fun mm. Just enjoy this shit Like not let it bog, bog us down so much To where it's like a chore Like yeah. it's becoming So Ugh, tenu- tenuous like it's like all the time. Yeah, like, like hey, like, music's fun. People you can listen. Yeah. People forget this. Just it's fun to go to a show and just go and just like it and mm-hmm. just have a good time. Like even the way I pr- approach my shows. Like I did a show uh, with Crooked Eye. There wasn't that many people there, but like I I spent the first five minutes dang near doing stand up. <laughs> Cause I'm like, man, why is everybody so uptight, man? Like it's the music. Like we're here to have a good time. Mm. Let's have a good time. Let's have fun. So that's all I'm ever trying to do is just bring that to it. You know. Oh, hey there. Got Yo. Oh, man. We got a star right here. That's okay. Oh man. Tail is wagging. Oh you're good. Oh boy. Yo, that was cool though. <laughs> Keep that in. <laughs> No, yeah, for sure. But, um, no, yeah, but I was going to say, it kind of bums me out um, sometimes. Like, it, 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 no, it kind of even stresses me out, like, seeing yeah. people at shows, and they'll be just, like, super stressed out, like, about, like, what they're, like, going to get a drink or, like, having a good spot or, like, who they're, yeah, like, Yeah, there's, like, all with. this anxiety, bro. Yeah, and you're just, like, did you forget there's, like, a performer? <laughs> What are you doing right yeah, now? Like yeah. you paid money to get in here, I'm guessing. That's, like that's my whole. What are you? That's it right there. Yeah. And you know, it maybe is another, maybe it's a Topeka thing, but like, I mean, I be having to travel for to to get these shows, mm. or to just to enjoy. Like I went and saw Evidence in um, Atmosphere. Yeah. Because I hadn't seen Atmosphere in years, you know, and it was fun. It was a good time. But I I was thinking like, man, like I had to drive to Kansas City to enjoy this. I'm gonna enjoy this. I'm gonna hang out with my friend. We're going to drink. You're going to sing along. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> what else is there? What else are we supposed to be doing? Yeah. So I don't need the anxiety to come with that, you know? So mm. that's all. But, yeah. Um, so what what are you working on right now? Like, what should so, people be looking out for? Look out. Me and Miles Bonnie, as I mentioned earlier, this is a guy that recorded my first song ever. And we're, like, back working again. 
And you was talking about Jewel Avenue. The tape is going to be called the EP. Our EP coming out is called Jewel Ave EP or Jewel Ave John. Mm. You know what I'm saying? To bring a full circle. And um, it's it's dope. It's a lot of fun. Operative word, fun. When you listen to it, don't don't take everything you hear too seriously. <laughs> it's mostly jokes. But, you know, it's just a cool little rap EP to just kind of refresh people. And, and then I want to get back in the studio with Denzel and, and do an album. That's what I'm probably going to do as soon as I leave here, get back to getting on some beats with him. And, um, yeah, just keep recording and, and keep and keep uh, engaging the community, man. Mm-hmm. You have any shows lined up right now? No shows lined up right now. So uh, I'm, I might try to put something together in May, but nothing yet. Cool. Nothing, nothing yet. Oh yeah, yeah and, for sure. You know, I know you have to get to your studio session. So yeah. I mean, I'm like I said earlier, it'd be great to have a part two with you. I'm point. with it. That'll be fun. You just let me know. Oh, and I'm, yeah. I'm up here. We'll do maybe, it again. Maybe, maybe yeah, when the EP or the album's coming out or something, we'll. That sounds do like it a then. plan. Yeah. That sounds like a plan. And but yeah, uh, people can follow at Shuttlecock Mag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, you can visit shuttlecockmusic.com. That's where all the articles are. And we just updated the uh, mobile version of the site, so that looks a little better oh, now, dope. too. If you ever had a problem with that, check it out now. There's also the web store. That's shuttlecockmag.bigcartel.com. That has T-shirts, photozines, and buttons. And there are a couple Shuttlecock Presents shows happening at the Come and Go in May. Uh, they're not like all the way announced yet, but you can check the Facebook for details on those. Uh, where can people find you online and everything? Yeah, stick figure, S-T-I-K underscore F-I-G-A on Twitter, S-T-I-K underscore F-I-G-A on Instagram. And that's it. That's really it. And, um, you know, I got the YouTube channel. Just search stick figure. I'm on there somewhere. You can find me. And um, you're on Bandcamp. Yeah, Bandcamp, S-T-I-K, F-I-G-A 785.bandcamp.com and on all your streaming services. Again, S-T-I-K, F-I-G-A. That's me. Well, I appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me, bro. And I appreciate it. And y'all continue to support Shuttlecock, man. You guys support your local... Journalist, you know, he's actually doing journalistic work, asking questions that actually pertain to the artist, and not some bull, you know. So support him. That's what we're all about. Listen to Stick Figure. Yeah, man. Support this guy. All right, y'all. Yeah, Be cool. You. Yep. Peace.